Hello everyone and welcome to Growing Good Business. I'm Dr. Abby Schneider, Associate Professor and Director of the Sustainable Economic and Enterprise Development or SEED Institute at Regis University's Anderson College of Business and Computing. And I'm Nathan Havey, co-founder of Stakeholder Business. Growing Good Business is a podcast series about the role of business in building a socially and environmentally sustainable world. When companies create value for all of their stakeholders, they build stronger, more resilient, and often more profitable value chains that help them rise to meet the challenges we face. And that's just good business. Our guest today is the Sustainability Engagement Advisor and a Sustainability Consultant at Stantec, a global design and engineering firm. Currently based in the UK, she's a creative and strategic thinker who embeds ESG solutions into challenges related to the built environment. Previously the global network lead of the Stantec Developing Professionals Group, she worked with senior and executive leadership to engage and mobilize up-and-coming professionals from across the company. During her time in that role, the group quadrupled in size, growing to over 160 offices across 24 countries. Having earned her bachelor's in business and MBA with a focus in corporate sustainability at Regis University in Denver, she's also an experienced marketing and communications specialist. It is my great pleasure to welcome my dear friend and former student, Shade Akindali, to Growing Good Business. Shade, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, very happy to be here with you guys today. So before we dive into what you do, I wanted to talk a little bit about why you do it. What drew you to work in a sustainability-related field? Sure. I'll just say that in everything I do, I think I'm very purpose-driven. This was a passion even before the whole green wave coming through. I told my family, you know, sustainability, it's just caught my heart. It's so like a holistic approach to how we should just be doing things. I didn't know at the time where to go with that kind of um, that hope or that value set. But then as the field of sustainability has been growing, knowing more about it, I just thought that's where I have to be. <laughs> Cool. And so um, let's let's get right into it, Shade. So what kinds of sustainability challenges do you see at Stantec and how might those challenges differ working with consultants versus working within a more traditional corporate structure? So the challenges that we're seeing just within the company, so I do have an external project facing function with clients, but internally also in that corporate sustainability role. And interestingly, just one of that kind of main problems, let's say, is just a foundational understanding. So that's something we're trying to do right now, just have a common understanding, improve what we're calling people's sustainability literacy. Um, so just having like just a common way for everyone to have an understanding to then be able to build from. Oftentimes you hear of people having that interest in getting involved in sustainability, but not knowing maybe precisely what it means or how they can get involved. So just illuminating some of those things for them. Very cool. I'm like, can you give us an example of the kinds of tools that you're building to to have that illumination happen? Yeah. So uh, something that we have actually recently rolled out as an internal tool, not taking it yet to clients or something, but it's just a way that, so we are a global corporation of 27,000 people. Um, that means there's a lot of very smart people doing very smart things, but in pockets that maybe allows them to not be so well connected with each other. So in this digital toolkit that we built, it's on a platform called SharePoint. 
Um, but it houses essentially the two interconnected ways that we do look at sustainability. So related to our culture and operations, as well as project approach and delivery. And it just really makes those two pieces very explicit in the way it's laid out. So it dives into how, for example, our project facing sustainability framework is the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So what are those? What are the tools that I can use to kind of look at my projects through an SDG lens and be able to make proper decision making around that? Or we have different lo um, expertise locator tools. So I'm working on a project. I don't quite understand this facet of sustainability. Is there something, someone around the company who does? Well, yes. <laughs> and here are some of those tools to find. And I want to get involved in my local office level. Here are some ways that you can do that, bring that forward. So um, yeah, just this toolkit is kind of what we're doing to help support that. Very cool. So a major part of your role is catalyzing a culture of sustainability across Stantec's global operations. Um, in a previous episode, Leith Sharp talked about the importance of changing culture, but it's clearly not an easy task. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about your approach. Yeah, so yeah, as she said, it is not a simple thing. It's an art form that changes and evolves. Um, but something that's been helpful is so when I first stepped into my role, um, rather than trying to change things from off the bat, I try to have a bit of a listening period and just understand what are the concerns, the pockets, where is the enthusiasm, where do we need to maybe dial things up a notch. And in doing so, I help to also identify key um, influencing figures within the company and people that could be kind of maximizers of our message because I realized uh, at Stantec, we have what we call a small but mighty sustainability team, but having the same voices heard over and over being the ones to try to change the culture really won't get you that far. So what we're trying to do is just help kind of co-create what it looks like, identify who are those people who can be carriers of our message to bring it into pockets that we don't even know exist. So it's not about telling everyone the same thing at once, but it's about really making critical connections. So making those small connections with those influencing figures and then growing from there. So prioritizing that first over getting critical mass. Interesting. And in terms of the messaging, I know there's a lot of debate around should the message be fearful? Should it be positive? Um, what if we make people feel guilty? What is kind of your approach to framing messaging around these issues? Yeah, I we definitely, definitely steer away from that. I find everyone just innately likes to do things that feel good. So making this feel like this is something that a ride they can come along for and in fact are invited and encouraged to join in for rather than shaming them and having them, you know, look at our team or their heads down or something like that. So I mean maybe you can hear my voice, but as an engagement advisor, I really try to come very openly and positively and try to make this seem like it's an interesting thing, really try to be intentional with different audience groups I'm speaking with to cater messages for them so they feel in a practical, tangible way how they can get involved and then spark them to do it. Where we say like we don't know everything, every solution to all that we're doing, but so many people know their small solutions. So if you can just have them be motivated to march in the same direction, let's say and be excited to do that, that's how you're going to make some movement happen. That's great. And I'm curious, when you're tailoring these messages with a multinational company like Stantec, how does, what are kind of the nuances of that global context? Yeah, so that is a challenge, and this is why it's also good to work with and through some of those influencing figures we're speaking about, because I think in our company we have maybe 24 countries that we're involved in, broken up, and there's so many shades in each region. So if, is it them that we want to be the ones pushing, let's say, from a bit 
ground up kind of approach or message or in some geographies, will they respond better if it's the country leaders or directors that are kind of dictating that message and then carrying people from there. So just kind of understanding those nuances across operations is something that we're really mindful of when we're talking to different teams. Well, and I'd like to expand out, um, Shadi, for, you know, in addition to focusing on environmental initiatives, um, how do you implement the S or the, the social component of ESG? And, and what are some examples of projects that you've worked on in that area? So you are pulling on my heartstrings right now because I have to say that S of ESG just, it's where my heart really is. So the full holistic spectrum, of course, but this part, I feel like is such still an emerging field. So a lot of the E facets, you know, the carbon impacts and embodied carbons towards that. And all this is really figured out. But some of those S things, um, would you want me to paint a more of the internal or external facing way that that's being addressed. Yeah, let's start, well, dealer's choice, whichever you'd like Ooh. to start with. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say, so firstly, internally, so in a corporate sustainability context, um, it's things like our diversity or inclusion, diversity and equity practices. And we actually have a dedicated team that's working on all those things. Uh, my involvement there was that I was last asked to be on our Global Inclusion and Diversity Council. Um, so that was more setting the strategy across our global geography on what some of those things are looking like and how to activate them. And I'm also now um, trying to create a, what we call employee resource group and trying to give voices to what this new group is going to be about embrace, about um, more cultural nuances between people and how to activate them, bring them forward, make them feel um, involved. Um, it could also be we done when I was on a more regional inclusion and diversity council, we did a pay equity study or helped to mobilize that. And what does that look like across genders, across races? Um, some other S pieces are health and safety considerations. So we're very um, Stantec safe. There's so many safety con uh, conversations happening across the company, and that is an S piece. Um, also, so that's just a sample. There are a lot of examples, so and then switching over to kind of on our project-facing side. So again, all things in the built environment. So I'm in our community development business line on projects, and it might look like stakeholder engagement for before project. So before we come here and build this building in this place asking the people around there, or more, it's more for community development projects, what does the community um, have a voice to say into what they want this community to look like? How are you trying to add social value into these considerations? How are you looking at what maybe potential health risks might look like for the potential users? What does accessibility look like into this new development project? Yeah, that's, that's all really interesting. And I guess um, with so much to do, uh, one of the questions that I think a lot of a lot of companies face is is how do you tell what to prioritize, um, or do you do you have resources that you just have teams that can do all of it, and then how do they coordinate? Like like, can you give us like your your view on how this stuff gets done? How does it get organized? Yeah, it is. That's what you just find more and more. It is so complex, but that's why what I guess a benefit of us being such a large company is that you do have such dedicated teams. So we'll even come in for a project and then this team, even down to just this is the lighting team. And then we have a social value team or the energy team. We're looking at for water. So you have all these different specialisms, but that's why we also encourage that. Well, our sustainability tagline we've um, launched is every action, every decision. So really trying to push that and saying that every moment is an opportunity to have that sustainability conversation to begin looking at the way these play together. But even though right now is the best time to have a conversation, 
yesterday would have been better. So having what we call a project onset. So we're really trying to push at that project approach stage. How are we already having that conversation to make then a bespoke uh, catered solution to that challenge? So who are those players that need to be involved? How can we mitigate against all these things so it's not a struggle we have later on? Can this be the point that we be creative and, for example, come up with how a nature-based solution might be able to be added here to add some carbon sequestration to the project and really um, bring us forward towards our net zero ambitions. So it's just the earlier you start, the more you can have a strategy and a framework in place already, the farther you can go with these types of conversations. And I guess the other question that I have for you, Shade, is like just with an organization as large as Stantec, um, what are what are kind of the opportunities that excite you uh, for what could be possible if if all of this went really well? Oh, it's just, yeah, so because it is a big company, you have what we call these iconic projects. So such incredible things going on in places where you can affect so much positive change. So it's just exciting to see that conversations like this are happening and the conversations you are having can amount to something that's going to be a big change somewhere where you're doing a huge community development project that's impacting so many people. You just feel if we can get it right and have this made in a way that's really speaking to what these people's needs are, that are really also environmentally considerate, that are um, mitigating against climate risks and things. So it's not going to have to have wasted materials when we go over this again. If we can truly accomplish this, that is incredible impact that's empowering so many people. It's bringing forward this change that we all want to see. It's already something pretty satisfying. And, and one more question on, on this topic. Are you finding that um, Stantec's ambition in this area is helping to attract clients and projects specifically because uh, you, you place such an emphasis on environmental and social sustainability? I think it can definitely be. Uh, we are so Stantec is rated by corporate nights in the top 1% around the world for our sustainability performance and number one um, compared to our peer groups. So we know that that is an advantage. Just, I guess, bringing that down into practical terms, I'll say that uh, last year I helped our UK and Ireland operations develop a carbon reduction plan. Uh, and so from there, from the onset, once we have this aspiration, so we have our corporate net zero ambitions and journeys, but this particular operation, we're like, let's be even more aspirational. Let's see how we can affect that change rather than waiting for others to help bring it forward. And so when we um, set out this carbon reduction plan, we brought in a representative from finance, from HR, from procurement, from facilities, from the technical perspective. So from business leadership and got all these different um, individuals together to do different brainstorming sessions and say, what are our priority areas? What are opportunities? What are threats we need to think about against? What are you willing to take on as a responsibility for yourself? How one sets ready when we're looking at it from a tactical and mobilization perspective, what can we work with you to actually bring things forward in? So just having that buy-in from the beginning rather than saying, we have a plan, you need to do things, come along now. It just helped them feel like I'm part of something. It helped enrich the plan, absolutely. And then it's helping us to bring it forward now. And so I have a curiosity, um, Shade, about um, for Stantec internally, um, you mentioned uh, net zero goals. Um, is there a stated net zero commitment? Uh, so yeah, we're reaching a science-based target by 2030, and then we're reaching to uh, net zero by 2050. So that aligns with uh, best practices across the board. 
And these are science-based, so some people are saying that they're going to reach certain things sooner, but it's not saying some of them might be doing carbon offsetting as how they're going to reach some form of what they're calling as net zero, and that is not our approach. So there are that's part of like our midterm targets. We have a forward-phased approach, but we're going towards making actual change to actually reduce the, our carbon impact. Um, so I'm wondering if you're able to talk at all about your alternative approach and how Stantec is managing this without relying on offsets. Yeah, so that is something, and I'll give props to our Corporate Sustainability Vice President, Carrie Sabin, has been just kind of leading the charge in how to bring forward um, this journey towards net zero. Um, And so that's even in somewhat of a co-creation process. Like we surveyed people across the company to understand what their commuting patterns are. So because as a consulting company um, where we're just you know, using our mind workers, let's say, using our computer, our carbon footprint isn't coming from making products or something like that. It's from just people traveling to work, traveling to offices. So with that um, commuter consideration being a high priority list, what policies can you be enacting um, that minimizes the need to travel and how people travel? How can you have it where it's built in that train transportation, for example, is prioritized over flying or how can you just educate people that the choices that they're making in their daily commutes actually can add up and we're creating different guidance documents against that so that give um, give different suggestions. Um, I want to go back to behavior change, um, diversity of viewpoints and opinions on this kind of thing. And so uh, I think a lot of companies are also struggling to, you know, do we do we risk alienating people by taking a firm stand on some of this? And how, how are you dealing with that? Yeah, we'll say that you always will have certain dissenting voices or people not even purposefully saying we don't care about this, but just saying I'm so strapped for time and you're just coming in and adding more to my plate. I don't want to hear it right now. And so a good way to help bring forward, like you're saying about behavior change, is to really build on the, and the enthusiasm that's already there from people. So rather than trying to change every single person's mind, it's just starting with where there already is some kind of an understanding or curiosity and going from there and then having them set maybe a certain example that others can then follow. So seeing, okay, they're saying they care about ESG sustainability, they're doing this. Wait, that actually makes this better. And then just another communications challenge, you know, there's the internal piece of this. And then, uh, you know, when you have these these client projects that come in and you have these goals and these interests. Yeah. And we'll say that it is also a responsibility as the advisor on the project to help that client understand why it is the responsible decision to do what's more sustainable. It's not just from the potential financial impact, but also climate risk that need to be mitigated against. So it is really, we're encouraging people up to them to have those leading conversations. It is really lovely to see actually a lot of clients are already coming with these questions. So want to be more sustainable. We have set these certain goals. How can you help us live up to them? So that is also oftentimes the case. Um, but yeah, we, that's why we're trying to help our practitioners to understand what positive change they can affect by really helping their clients understand what sustainability means on their projects. Cool. So I think that storytelling on the internet is a great example of a corporate practice that's really facilitating sustainability across the company. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about aspects of the organizational culture at Stantec um, or things about leadership that are really helping it to be a leader in this space. Yeah, and I'll say actually with that, it's the 
maybe brevity of where the messages is now are now coming from. So hearing it right from the top with our CEO, Gore Johnston, saying that we are prioritizing sustainability. This is important to us. Also working closely with the developing professionals group. Um, we created a sustainability program that's now morphing into what's going to be a global green teams network of ways to just mobilize interested people so that you're going to have messaging coming from there um, we're now getting asked to come to different leadership calls and so having them be the ones to bring forward this message um, and then also just talking about tactics we do videos we do lunch and learns we do add to get additions added into newsletters and things so we just it's more the more you can kind of tell people you have to tell them Tell them what you told them, probably tell them again, maybe one more time for good measure, just the more you can help them to understand what this is, because everyone is honestly very busy at the end of the day. So just it's OK that the first time you mention these things, it doesn't resonate. That's why we try to just do a bunch of different tactics and again, keep it fun. So it's not something that's not nice that they can just or want to ignore. That's cool. So a topic that kind of keeps coming up over and over again in different ways throughout this conversation is networking and building alliances. Um, and you actually designed a really cool tool to visualize the network and see how communication is flowing. Could you talk a little bit about that and what it was? Yeah, no, that's a very good one. Uh, so that was an organizational network analysis that I had done. So again, when we just stepped into this role and wanting to get a lay of the land. So it's a helpful way to visualize what connections look like across the company and what we're calling our like our sustainability ecosystem. So it's surveying all different types of leaderships and steps close to them, uh, who their go-to sustainability people are. And then we have a bit of a frequency map on one side that shares who was mentioned the most, essentially. So who are those really go-to people that are then the ones that are sharing out messaging? So how are those people and how do we want to engage them? And then you can also see from when these different, this overview of the ecosystem, where there might be different islands. So what we found was often some of our more global operations, so things that are not part of our North American practice, which is the majority of our company, how are they, how are we making sure we're not missing them? And so how do we know to bring them closer into the fold? Um, yeah, so it just helps to understand who those maximizers or influencers are, or the, I guess the technical term when doing something like this organizational network analysis is who are those nodes that we really want to be engaging with, telling early about what different strategies we're going to be rolling out or things that we're doing so that they can be the ones to spread it further. But it's been a really helpful way, even still, um, it's been maybe a year since we had done the original one. It's still being used when we're like when we launched a toolkit, for example, how to let these people know how to have them go to their different networks and communities in Stantec to be the ones sharing this message. It just helps our reach and helps people uh, feel a bit more care also like, oh, it's coming from someone I trust. So maybe this is something I'm going to go look into. That's really cool. And for people who don't have the technical savvy how did you actually do this? What did it take to create this tool? So in this case, we built it in a platform called Power BI. Uh, after we did all this work and trying to figure through what it looks like, uh, we found there's actually, it's a little trade secret for anyone listening. It's called Giphy or Giphy. So there is a dedicated ONA, organizational network analysis kind of um, display mechanism, but we've done ours in Power BI just because we're part of the Microsoft 360 suite is what we use. And so, yeah, it was just a matter of serving. Um, it was also part of like that listening peer. So some people, it was a more extensive one um, where we asked some more detailed questions, but then just when going to leadership, just asking them who their go-to people are, um, everything's just done in an Excel sheet and then fed into what this Power BI dashboard overview is. 
That's really cool. Just from a from a use case on that, um, once you have it, uh, what what does it allow you to do? Like, how, how do people actually use it? With just being such a big company, you can't know everything that's going on to find everyone. But it showed who. Um, once we know what these different connections and networks and influencing people are, once they, if anyone does leave, then it helps, you know, okay, I need to kind of get in touch with the new person who's fitting here, help connect them into who those other person, who the, that other person was connected into with so that that network does not fall apart and those relationships can still be maintained and information can be still shared out across the company. Final question is what advice would you give to aspiring change agents? Oh, I heard, recently heard um, this bit of advice also from the person who said that with the, the emergent strategies that you need to also be sustainable for yourself. So sometimes it just feels like you have such a mountain you're climbing and you need to just go hard, go fast, and you're doing something purposeful, so keep going. But then it's very possible that you might get burnt out. So I would just say definitely don't stop, but like be mindful of yourself and take care of yourself first before you can try to help others. But still definitely keep going. We need as many people as possible, but just definitely do it in a way that's sustainable for yourself and your health. That is such great advice. Self-care is so critical. What do you do for that? Well, this is something I had to recently learn because I was maybe doing a bit too much, but it's just now knowing when it's okay to shut off the computer or this sounds silly, but I normally just kind of power through lunch or have it on my side just because I want to get more things done. But then I've been telling myself again, trying to remind myself of this importance of being sustainable with myself. So I took a bit of a lunch break today. And then all these ideas of something I was working on was coming out of nowhere just because I wasn't so knee deep into it. I just had the space to breathe. So I'm just telling myself, my word, I'm probably going to just make everything better even by making myself happier and just getting that time to let things resonate into my mind or I really try to, I only work, uh, it's a 30 minute walk to and from work. So just really using that time to just to, as a reprieve. So if my mind is too full to listen to a podcast, you don't need to learn something right now. Listen to some music or just turn it off and just breathe a little bit. So just, yeah, these small practices actually add up to something really positive. I love it. Well, Shade, thank you so much for joining us. I am so, so proud of you and just really impressed with everything that you're doing. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your inspiring work with us on growing good business. Well, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I love what you guys are doing. So it's it's inspiring that someone who I used to look up and still look up to so much is doing these great things. So love connecting with you. Hope to do it again soon. But yeah, thanks to you and Nathan for having me here. Growing Good Business is a project of the Seed Institute at Regis University in Denver and Stakeholder Business. Editing and sound design were provided by Mary Rose Masters. If you would like to go deeper into the ideas presented in this podcast, go to stakeholderbusiness.com, where you'll find a variety of training programs and free resources, as well as a five-day stakeholder business crash course, which can be delivered straight to your email inbox. And if you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe for more episodes of Growing Good Business wherever you get your podcasts.